Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon, joined by our good buddy, David Esser. David, how are we doing? Kevin, what is going on? Uh, I'm another visiting... week in the books? Yeah, I'm visiting my family this weekend, spending some yeah. time with the fam. Uh, turned the Phillies game on today. Watched the first couple of innings. Watched uh, Chase Anderson and David Hale give up seven, eight. Uh, I, I think Anderson gave up seven of them. Hale gave okay. up one and three and two thirds. Yeah, and that that was a uh, that was about my cutoff point. They uh, they lost the series. They <laughs> pitching was real real bad today. They fought back a little bit, but uh, yeah. Kevin, that's a that's a that's an ugly ugly way to end off the series. You lose a Nola start. Chase Anderson comes out, looks like a uh, a minor league caliber pitcher, and then they walk away, uh, you know, with another series L in the books. Yeah, I think the the tougher one was yesterday. Because, I, I mean, today, I mean, look, we've praised – not praised Anderson, but we've been patient with him. And the guy just isn't good. We can admit that now. He stinks. Um. But you kind of knew that going into today that they were going to be in trouble, especially without Bryce and JT uh, and Didi. So I didn't think that they'd be down eight nothing in the third inning, um, but I didn't necessarily view it as a game that they were probably going to win. I think the, the the one that hurt more was Saturday, and for as optimistic as I am, you know, I'm I try to be the voice of reason on the show. I try to be positive. There's just a little. Far too many duds were games they just don't show up. And when they're when they're like that, they are tough to watch. They are really hard to watch on those nights. Like today was a fun game after Maton homered. They started to rally a little bit. I mean, they got it to where they were a couple feet away from a game-time three-run homer from the most hated man in Philadelphia, Odubel Herrera. Um, I thought Saturday was the one that hurt a little bit more. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, especially because and, – and we're going to go kind of game by game here in a second, but they, they won another Vince Velasquez start, right? And they, they looked I good. Yeah. And, you know, you come out there, you win a game, especially after the manner in which they lost the, the Nats series finale. It felt like they needed to get back on track right away, which they did, and everyone's feeling good. You got – you got the ace on the mound, Nola, and he comes out and he puts him in a quick hole. The offense isn't able to fight back at all against a, uh, a rather poor Blue Jays pitcher that night. Uh, you know, there's no fight, not a lot of life. There was a lot of errors in the field. And then you kind of just felt that hangover into today where, you know, JT gets banged up. Bryce gets banged up. Bless his heart. He tried to fight through it today. That was probably a really bad idea in hindsight. Andrew Knapp banged up right before first pitch. Um, so yeah, it just kind of felt like there was kind of a, a lull kind of, everyone was kind of dawdling out there. And then before you know it, they're, they're down seven zero and, you know, again, they, they fought hard, but yeah, I, that's a big thing. Like I, I was really proud of the way they did fight today because they were missing a lot of their big guns and David, they were feet away. Like, I'm not kidding. I, I, I know that, I don't know if you did say you saw it or not. I know you're with your family today. Uh, you're busy, David, they were like maybe this far from, from being a tie game. Like I can't stress enough how close it was. 
I mean, it would have been a heck of a story. Um, you know, imagine imagine if Anderson just only gives up five runs or four exactly. runs, right? We're talking about I mean, imagine a win, if so. he just wasn't on the roster. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. Again, we're gonna go game by game here in a second. But Chase Anderson, you're right. We were patient with this dude. We talked about his past success with Milwaukee rather extensively. We went into this series talking about, hey, you know, maybe against his old team, uh, you know, he gives us a little something. Kevin, he got rocked. Like he he looks bad out there and it was something i noticed in his most recent start against the nats where his fastball is sitting like 90 sometimes and it's just going in a in a straight line right down the yeah, middle and i think it doesn't, move. It doesn't yeah. move i think the blue jays knew it and they were it was just it was batting practice out there uh, through the first you know what inning and a third so not not great at all yeah um it makes you question how many more turns he's going to get I, I want to see Adonis Medina get a look. Um, I know he's throwing in AAA. What do you got to lose, man? Like, seriously. Uh, it, it, the, the reality of Anderson starting today is why they lost the ballgame. They scored eight runs. They had double-digit hits. I mean, they were there in the end. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you just – and we saw it with Nola the night before, who we're going to get into as well. They continue to to put the team behind. I mean, that's draining. You're behind three nothing, four nothing before you, you even really get a chance to get settled in. Um, last night they couldn't really overcome it. They couldn't get anything going, and today it was just too much. It was just out of reach. David, you score eight runs, you should win nine out of ten times. Should win nine point nine out of ten times when you're scoring Seriously. that many runs. Uh, yeah, and then I, I know Spencer Howard. Had another productive outing in AAA today as well. Um, you know, there's still questions about how they want to use him if they if they have any plans of really using him in, in 2021 or if this is more of a 2022 thing. But yeah, I think the leash is going to get pretty short here with Chase Anderson. They pulled the plug on the Matt Moore thing rather quickly for yeah. for, for good reason. Good reason. Um, yeah. You know, I think we could be in a, a similar boat here with Chase. But all right, okay, I want to circle back to Game One, uh, which they won. Awesome. We were feeling good. The big story was uh, Vince Velasquez. Who My guy. Has, yeah, look, since joining the rotation, his ERA is down into the twos. His last – oh, yeah, he just threw it up on the screen right now. Perfect. Uh, yeah, his last three starts, his ERA, 1.59. He's pitched 17 innings. Look, he's still not giving the team a whole lot of length. Nope. Uh, but you know what? If, if you're holding guys to, you know, one run, two runs through your five or six innings, it's productive. Kevin, I have my thoughts on Vince and about where kind of this is going to end up going. I want to hear your thoughts first. Um, I mean, I'm not expecting this, which you see on the screen right now. I mean, he's been he's been pretty good. It, it, just looking at like the, the regular baseball stats, um, we just need him to be serviceable, man. And I know there may be some things that indicate he may not be moving forward. Um, we've seen it in the past as well. I mean, this is what year six. Um, we were speaking before we came on. I believe this is the best three-start stretch of his career that he's currently on. Um, I'm not expecting this from him because this is – if you look at the numbers on paper, it's it's pretty special. I mean, look at that slash line again. So he hasn't been given up a lot of hits. I think all of his runs in his starts have come via the long ball. So he's really – not putting guys on base has helped him. I don't know how sustainable it is long term, even in terms of him just being serviceable. 
but he's earned the right to get a not just one more turn, a couple more turns. He he at least we we've seen this story before, but he's earned the right to get a couple more goes. Yeah, and, and you make a very good point. I I believe this is the best three starts he's had uh, as a pitcher in general. You know where where my personal concerns with Vince come from, and I, I went on record this offseason that you know as him being somebody I would look to trade. Um, yeah. just because of the inconsistency, how much money we're paying him, et cetera. If you pull up his baseball savant page, and look, these numbers aren't everything. You know, these are these are kind of just a tool, maybe a guideline you can use to predict future success uh, or lack thereof success. But if you look at his baseball savant numbers, Kevin, he is in the second percentile in all of baseball in terms of average exit velocity, which if you've watched his starts, that's not that hard to believe. It's been a lot of hard outs. It's been a lot of balls into the outfield where the you know our defense just happens to be in the right spot at the right time. His FIP, I believe, since rejoining the rotation is north of five, which means he's gotten pretty lucky in terms of the defense. You know, his hard hit percentage, 13th percentile. Uh, you know, his walk percentage, 10th percentile. You know, his his chase rate, 14th percentile. Like these aren't these aren't good numbers. These are actually really, really bad numbers. And while his success has been appreciated. It's been a blessing. It's kind of given this team a few extra wins that they probably shouldn't have had. My, my concern is that the front office, the coaching staff, whomever, they're going to buy too much into this version of Velasquez and convince themselves that he's going to be a player in this rotation for the rest of the season, where, in my opinion, he's still somebody they should look to get back into that kind of six-starter role where he can give you a spot start and a doubleheader or if someone gets injured. I don't think you can make the playoffs with him pitching every five days. I think we, we again, this is year six. We've done this before. Yeah. It hasn't worked out. Do I think this year is going to be the year when he hasn't changed anything? He's throwing the same pitches. His velocity is about the same. His slider still doesn't really move a whole lot. His curveball still hangs up in the zone a lot. You know, his savant numbers are very similar, if not worse, to what they were the past couple of years. So do I think just for some magical reason that he's going to continue to give you productive starts? I really don't think so, and I think they should still look to move him out of the rotation as soon as possible. Yeah, and we talked briefly before we came on about the possibility of trading him. I don't know how realistic that is just based on they've gotten nothing out of Chase Anderson. They've gotten nothing out of Matt Moore. There's just really no other options there. Um, I do want to say, and we're going to get into it with, with Dombrowski, this, this roster is not a finished product. I, I'm 100% believe that moves will be made. Uh, I do think they just missed the boat on Hunter Strickland. I don't know if you saw that he was moved to the Angels for Well, you, we can't get him because of the Bryce thing. Good point. Good yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Still, though, still, um, it's like something like that I would have liked to see. Um, but just in terms of Vince and possibly replacing him in the rotation, I, I do see this team making a move at some point. Um, as we continue to get closer to the deadline, the teams that are fraudulent, meaning they're playing way above their head, are going to show themselves. And the teams that are playoff caliber are going to start to separate a bit. Um, we got to hope that the Phillies are in the second category and are looking to make moves because I believe they have the GM in place to do it or the president of baseball operations, whatever you want to refer to him as, Sam Foles, the GM. Um I believe moves are here to be made. However, in terms of Vince 
I just don't see a route to trade him. I agree. I think best case scenario, he is your long man, six starter, double header guy, you know, whatever you want to call it. But for the time being, he's earned the right to stay in that rotation over the likes of a Chase Anderson and over the likes of Matt Moore, who we might start to trend towards Matt Moore might get another turn in place of Chase Anderson. That's actually, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. That's probably uh, what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and just to circle back, no, I, I'm with you with Vince. He, he has earned the right now. Look, if he's yeah. if he's getting outs, albeit you know the means may be a little unorthodox, he, he's getting outs. And right now this team just needs guys to take the mound because the, yeah. look, the, the depth is thin once you get past uh, you know Chase Anderson, Vince Velasquez, Matt Moore. It's kind of you know two of these three guys has got to start giving the team innings. Um you know, I, something I, I want to point to with your talk about the trade deadline, and I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this today, is I'm curious to see where the Phillies are at at the trade deadline. I know a lot of us expect them to be buyers. I, I'm, I'm not so sure at the moment, regardless of the record. I know when Dombrowski first signed on, I kind of viewed this as 2022 might be the year this team goes all in. I could see them targeting some guys with uh, future team control, similar to what they did with Acunrod and Alvarado, guys that they expect to be around for multiple seasons as opposed to rental deals. So if, if they could go snag, you know, a fourth, fifth starter who can be on the roster through 2022 through 2023, I think that would excite me more than any sort of rental deal, just because at least what we've seen thus far, you know, they're not at that caliber of team where they're expected to be huge buyers at the deadline. Yeah. I, I do want to say this. If, if they're within a couple games, like right now they're a half game back, I fully expect them to be buyers. Um, I agree to the extent that you're talking about. We'll see what unfolds. Um, but I would think that they're going to be a team looking to add for sure. If they're right in the race, they have one of the highest payrolls in baseball. Um, they have a fan base who, I mean, as you know, we're in that fan base. We interact with the fans every day. We know the level of anxiety and just angst and just want to that's in the fan base right now. I mean, that can't be ignored. Uh, if they're right there, I fully expect that they'll be there to make a move again, uh, for something. I agree with you. I don't know what extent it'll be, but there's no way that I think this is a finished roster. But it, it's definitely it's definitely not finished. I'll agree with you. Yeah. There. There's, there's a lot of holes. Um, all right, Kevin, I, I want to jump to to game two because yeah. you know, like you led off the show saying, I think this was probably the most frustrating game of the weekend. Um, you know, we were feeling good coming off the Velasquez star and, and a lot of things went wrong. First and foremost, the offense didn't show up. Uh, they didn't score a run. Kevin, you can't, you can't win baseball games if you're not putting points up. Uh, but, but number two, Aaron Nola came out flat once again. And I, you look yep. at the final stat line and it's not that bad. You know, he gave you six and two thirds, you know, it's, it's not, not the worst. Yeah. Look, Toronto, I hyped him up heading into the series. Yeah. The offense is good. It's very good. Uh, something I wrote an article about this morning and something that's, Concerning me is Nola's road home splits. The the numbers are vastly different. Nola's yeah. road ERA this season is up to a five point six five. He has a one point two five six WHIP. He's one in three in those starts, and opponents are hitting two seventy seven off him when he's pitching on the road. Like, albeit a small sample size, that's a pretty that, that's rather alarming at this point. Yeah, and when you see the numbers, it's not surprising considering the Atlanta start where you just got bombed early. Um, I do agree. The Blue Jays game, you can't 
continue. We, talk, we just talked about it 10 minutes ago. You can't continue to put the team behind. Uh, I mean, they were deflated immediately. They were, I mean, you got your big dog on the mound, and you're behind the eight ball instantaneously. And it was clear he probably didn't have his best stuff, so the offense feeling it there. All right, we got to go. We got to go now because it's probably not going to stay here at this spot. He did hold them there. He bared down. There's definitely something to say about that. He kept them in the ball game. He's not the reason they lost that game, but he didn't help them. Um, I loved what you had to say on Twitter where it's a, it's okay to be like it's good that he bared down and kept them in it while also saying you can, one, not put your team behind the eight ball right away, and two, the offense stunk. I mean, all those things can be true. Yeah, it's not like mutually exclusive. I think a lot of times you see a loss and there's almost like an offense versus pitching debate, like who was to blame today? And I'm like, look, everybody (laughs) was bad. Like, yeah, it wasn't. The defense was probably the worst of the three, and we, we haven't even talked about they that They were yet. rough this weekend, man. They might have six or seven errors in those three games. Yeah, six and seven errors, and then like four or five miscues and mental yeah. lapses. It, it was really bad. Um, but yeah, you know, in, in regards to Saturday, I think it was it was across the board bad. The offense, yeah, the offense was bad. The defense was bad. The injuries started stacking up. Nola, you know, definitely wasn't good. Like it, it, it's, ah, for it's sure. promising that he bunkered down and held he him and grinded stink, through. But yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, you know, he definitely wasn't good, and you know, and it's not even about the ace versus non-ace debate. We, we've done that rabbit hole a million times. Noel is still one of the better pitchers in the National League, statistically, non-statistically, wherever you want to go with that argument. That's not really up for debate. But you know, you're looking at Nola like, hey, bud, you have a chance to take a huge series against a very good Toronto team who came in yep. scorching hot. Vince did you a solid yesterday. Can you do the same? And he came out flat. It kind of sucked the life out of the team. That carried over into Sunday. Now here we are, you know, riding another another series loss. Here we are right here. Right, just threw up on the screen. They dropped two at three. They're now 21 and 20. There's no denying they've been a 500 team so far. Um, we talked about it. Me and you, we bicker about it a lot where I'll be like, they're right there. I liked how you today broke it down of forget about the playoffs, the division. Just the product itself has not been good enough, and there's no denying that. They have plenty of holes on their roster, um, although the one in center field looks like it may be getting patched up a little bit currently as O'Doubles numbers from the past week scroll across the bottom. We'll get into that more as well. But Didi Gregorius, killing him at shortstop. Why is he not on the injured list? I mean, they didn't have anybody to play today, David. Like, What are they doing? They don't want to put guys on the I.L., and what it's doing is it's hurting them. Uh, you know, if if Harper can't go, he, he missed like four or five games in a row, was it, uh, after he got hit? You can't be playing a man down. Happens again with Didi now. He's missed multiple days with his elbow. If his elbow is not good enough, David, you can't be playing with 24, 25 guys when the other team's playing with 26. It's just not – it's not optimal. And it hurt them today when Scott Kingery – Whatever reason he left the game, he was dizzy. I mean, I hope he's okay, but he absolutely stinks. They should leave him in, in Dunedin, or however you pronounce it, Dunedin. I sound like an idiot. But leave him there. You know, get him off the team. Um, he screwed them today because then they're forced to put Bryce Harper out there playing injured, and he comes up in the biggest spot of the game, and he has to actually swing the bat. You hope that he didn't further injure himself anymore. 
they're just some of the decisions they're making is why they are where they're at at 21 and 20. They really have not helped themselves at all. Each time they take two steps forward, they take two steps back. Yeah, I think that's actually a perfect segue kind of into the next topic. Um, and you put that perfectly. The process over the first 41 games, and even in the offseason, has been strange, Kevin. Weird. Whether it's the handling of the injured list, the handling of guys like Scott Kingery and Mickey Moniak, who we were promised were going to have a full year in AAA to yeah. figure out their swings. And that, that was not the case. Uh, the handling of the bullpen, the handling of the back end of the rotation, where we were we were told Matt Moore and Chase Anderson were these huge additions that were going to stabilize the back of the uh, the rotation. That's not true. The bench yep. additions, a Matt Joyce, a Ronald Torres. I mean, these guys are not like MLB caliber players. You know, and and specifically, you know, we can talk now about Chase Anderson, which look, there's not a lot to say. He was horrible, but you Thanks. look at that move. They gave him four million dollars. That's a good amount yeah. of money, and, yeah. and he's. Not only has he been bad, Kevin, but he's he's worse than some of the options they had last year. I mean, he's putting up worse numbers than Jake Arrieta was. Yeah. Or, you know, take it back two years. He's putting up worse numbers than a Jason Vargas was. Like, or a Drew Smiley. Or a Drew Smiley. Like, we're down pretty bad. And, yeah. you know, we were talking a little bit about Dombrowski. By no means am I out on Dombrowski. He's a future Hall of Famer, blah, blah, blah. But some of his initial moves have, have not looked great 41 games into the season. No, there's no denying that. He's made a couple good moves. We've already talked on Coonrod. Coonrod, I'm going to throw his numbers up again. Elite. Fantastic move. You know, we can tip our cap to Dombrowski about that one. Alvarado was a good move as well. Um, I think Brad Miller was a good move. I would love to see him continue to play more. Um, but you're right. The back end of the rotation. They addressed it. I think me and you could probably do a little bit better than what they've gotten. Um, I, I personally believe I've been banging the table. You have as well. There's a better option than both of those guys currently with the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs in Adonis Medina. I believe he should be on the roster. Um, you're right. Not everything has worked. It is only May, but at the same time, we're 41 games in. We're, we're a quarter of the way done, and we're 21 and 20. Uh, we got to kick it in the gear here, man. Um, we are very lucky, very lucky, as you see again here on the screen, that the NL East is not very good because they're still right there. Uh, as, as, as much as I'm on your nerves with it, they're a half a game out. The division's there for the taking, man. They, they need to get their shit straightened out, and they need to get going here because the Mets and Braves aren't going to be stumbling forever. We believe they're both two very good teams. I still believe the Phillies are a good team. I do, because if they weren't, I think they'd be buried in the standings right now, considering all the, the BS that they've dealt with so far. But that doesn't mean that they don't need to be better, because they definitely need to be better. Yeah, and I think one thing that we really saw today, specifically, you know, when, when half the roster's out due to various different injuries, was just the lack of depth in this organization. I mean, it's yeah. shallow. It's really shallow. And we knew that going into the offseason. And I think Dombrowski's hands were tied a little bit in terms of he had to get the JT extension locked up. You know, he had to sign a big name reliever or the fans would have rioted. Uh, he had to sign a shortstop and, he, you know, he kind of got suckered into giving DD a two-year deal just because the market dried up pretty quickly. Looking bad, man. Nah, eh, there's still time. Uh, but yeah, nah, I mean, and, I mean, you look, look at today. Good. 
yeah. guy like Marcus Simeon uh, was probably someone I'd rather have on this team at shortstop. And yeah. on Charlton Simmons, you know, think about what he could have done for the defense. There were better options out there that we didn't get. He, and he I went today as well, Anderson Simmons. Yeah, you know, not not a great day for the uh, should have been Philly shortstops. Yeah. But, um, you know, the depth was something that I think we both really hoped was going to improve. And they brought in a ton of guys on minor league deals. You know, they, they traded for a couple guys like a C.J. Cotham. Uh, they brought in a guy like a Travis Jankowski. They brought in a lot of these guys, and, and they just – it's been a whole lot of nothing. Look, Matt Joyce has been injured for a while. Ronald Torres, I don't think he's ever coming back up to the major leagues. I think they're just done with him. The C.J. Cotham thing made no sense. They traded for him and then cut him and then signed him back because he was injured. He's still in the organization. Yeah, who knows what he's doing? He's the water boy. He's, he's the bat boy. Like, who knows? Um, you know, the, the, he they is, He's 8 for 29 this year, hitting 276. Uh, not too bad. Um, 353 OBP. How long until he comes up, man? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and look, the, the Nick Maton thing has kind of – Love Nick Maton. Love yeah, and, and like think about where this team would be without him because he, he's he slapped a big old Band-Aid on our backup infield problem that's still – Running his numbers right here. I mean, this is the last seven days. I mean, 368, 684 slug, two homers. I mean, he single-handedly willed them back into that ballgame today. Mm-hmm. He really did. He woke them up. Uh, well, it, was, it was just too late. Here's the thing, Kevin. We need more Nick Matons. We need more yeah. than one. It can't well, just the be Maton, the one. Matons the kind of guy that the Dodgers always hit on. So it's nice yes. that the Phillies have hit on a guy like that. Because well, and, the Dodgers are littered with those kind of guys. And, and that was the thing. I actually, I, I was going to bring it up. I forgot. A lot of people are now kind of doing the, oh, well, the, the Phillies are super injured routine, right? And like, this is why they're going to start losing games. Like, look around to, the division, man. Yeah, look, to yeah. a point. But, like, a lot of teams get injured. The Dodgers at the moment, this is this is the name of the players they have on the I.L. Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, A.J. Pollock, Zach McKinstry, Dustin May, David Price, Tony Gonsolin, Bruzdar Gratterall, the guy who throws, like, 101. He throws, like, 101, yeah. Yeah, Corey Knubel. Like, that is an insane number of players. Kevin, they're probably still going to keep winning baseball games. They're probably going to be okay. They're probably going to finish the month. Couple games over 500, like they should be. Like at some yeah. point, there's got to be better depth in AAA, in AA, all the way down to rookie ball that we can call upon. And again, that's not on Dombrowski. He just got here. That's on the organization yeah. as a whole. But I still was expecting Dombrowski to find a good backup outfielder, to find a good backup infielder for our third catcher, not to be Rafael Marchand. I, was, I wanted to touch on Marchand. It speaks volumes of the depth of that position that they have a 22-year-old kid as their, as their number three catcher who should be playing every single day in the minor leagues. There's no reason that he should be here. And that's not saying that I wanted them to keep Jeff Mathis because he stinks too. Uh, I think he is one of the worst offensive players in the past 20 years. I'm, and he, I'm not, uh, he asked for his release too, by the way. Did he? Okay. Yeah. But, and I'm not BSing when I say that. He Look it up. He's – one of the worst offensive players in the last 20 years. Calls a good game, though. I mean, the fact that they have a 22-year-old kid as their number three catcher, I mean, that's alarming. And I'm excited about I mean, hey, I can't sit there and rip him today because he left a lot of guys on base today. He left six guys on. He was 0 for 4. Um, stranded them, loaded in the first inning. But he shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So it's like – how much can you really, you know, bash on him? He shouldn't be on the roster. Yeah, because I mean, he was he was 
well, he wasn't in the starting lineup until like three until, minutes. Like, until I was day. watching the game and he stepped yeah. up to the screen. I was like, wait a minute. You know, the Andrew announcers Knapp? were confused. They're like, where's Andrew Knapp? Um, yeah. They make a really good point. And like, it's more than just Marshawn, right? Like Scott Kingery shouldn't be here right now. He can't hit the baseball. Like, what, well, yeah. what's the point? You know, Mickey Moniak, when he was up, he shouldn't be here. Like, yeah. you can look, look at some of the guys they've turned into the bullpen, an Eniel De Los Santos type character. You know, why yeah. is he here? Why are these guys playing for an organization that's desperately trying to make the postseason? Yep. You know, and like part of it's because of the drafting, the development's been bad. And then part of it's this past offseason, you know, poorly allocating money. I mean, even like a Brandon, Brandon Kinsler type signing hasn't looked all it's that not, good. Probably not, not worth $3 million. No, It's not worth um, They should have kept Watson, brother. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I did think he got – I think he got rocked the other night, but his ERA is still, like, in the twos, like I it mean, is every year. Kinsler's going out there and getting rocked every single time he thinks the numbers. You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, they, but it, it's, it's these types of kind of roster holes that start to rear their head, you know, in mid-late May because that's when the injuries start to pick up, especially with the Phillies. They have an older roster than most. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's only going to get worse. It's not like – you know, it's not like these guys are going to magically – get healthier as the season goes on. That's not typically how these things go. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to have to figure these positions out. The thing that concerns me, and we've talked about it multiple times with the Watson move, is like me and you sitting here doing this show were like, what are you doing? Like we knew that, that they were making the wrong choice. And like who the hell are we, bro? Like these guys are running a professional baseball team, and they couldn't see that a guy with a career ERA of 279 was a better option than David Hale. Um, even someone like Aniel De Los Santos, he's in the organization. It just doesn't make any sense. Jojo Romero, like, come on, man. Uh, and for what it's worth, Watson has a 2-2-5 in 12 appearances. Would be pretty nice to have that out of the that's, bullpen. That's Again, pretty so good, Kevin. Juan Soto, Michael Conforto, Freddie Freeman. I mean, the, the division is loaded with left-handed power, man. It just uh, – I'm lost for words. It's the same thing last year. We we went over it a ton. I've I've bitched and moaned about it a ton. Why uh, Blake Parker wasn't on the roster? Like, there's something fundamentally flawed with how they're evaluating their bullpen. Because if me and you can say it, and the average Joe fan walking down the street can say it, why can they not say it? Yeah, and then you know that was kind of my point with my my Dombrowski criticism, where as great as his uh you know his resume is. Some of the, the the moves he's made, mainly like the decisions he's made, the process that he's employed. The yeah. tweet I put out this afternoon was, quote, whatever process Dombrowski employed to determine that Chase Anderson and Matt Moore were worth a combined $7 million needs to immediately be thrown in the trash. And then I, I go on to highlight that Dombrowski's decision to trade for Coonrod and Alvarado, for example, were really good ones. But, but the rotation decisions made no sense. I mean, Taiwan Walker was out there for months. How about Alex Wood, man? Alex Wood, I mean, he got signed for pennies, and it's like yeah. – Well, he got, he got $3 million, but it's comparable to what these guys got. Yeah, I mean, it's less than Chase Anderson. But that, um, that's what I mean. And, yeah. and, and he only, you know, is 4-0 and in five starts with a 1-8-0 ERA. That's all. Yeah. You know, you and know. Then we, we clown the Nats for uh, for signing John Lester to, I think, $5 million, but I'd, I'd much rather have him on the I, roster. I would rather have John Lester as well. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, Jake Arrieta for, I think, $3 million has been better than the two guys we have at the back of our rotation. I, I do want to say this. It's this gene, It was the Gene Segura treatment with Arrieta. He wasn't as bad as people made him out to be. It was just his contract. But he, he wasn't what he was getting paid for. Yes. I totally agree with that. 
He's a good player at $3 million. He was a rotation arm, though. He's a guy you can have out there every fifth day, and he would give you a chance to win more times than not. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think he ever would have signed back in Philly. He I, I don't either. I don't either. Um, but, but it, again, it's, it's, it's the process. It's yeah. other teams around baseball are managing to find starting rotation caliber pitchers at $3 million, $4 million, $5 million. And then some, some teams are finding borderline aces at under $10 million. I mean, Taiwan Walker's been incredible for the Mets this yeah, year. He has, I mean, and you were on that, man. I can't I – can't, I love uh, Taiwan, man. I was all over it. Yeah, and I was, I was someone who wasn't necessarily bought in. I was wrong. Uh, I can admit that. You, you were right on the money with that one. You know, fingers crossed he, he sucks the rest of the way. Well, uh, when I'm not starting him in fantasy because he's a two-star pitcher this week. Again, it just goes back to that process of other teams saw Tony Watson as a valuable pitcher. We didn't. We no. were wrong. You know, other teams didn't see Chase Anderson and Matt Moore as valuable pitchers. We did. We were wrong. Jojo yep. Romero, we were wrong. Enio De Los Santos, we were wrong. David Hale, wrong. And it's just like yep. – when is that train going to stop, and when are we going to get to the version of pumping out quality guys from AAA every single yep. week? They just need more guys like Coonrod and Alvarado, man. Like they yeah, home runs, man, home runs. And for as bad as some of those other moves were, and I've already popped them up twice, i got to do it one more time because I'm steadfast in my belief that Sam Coonrod is an elite right-handed reliever. Look at those numbers, sparkling. He has two walks this year, Dave. Two walks in 18 innings. Um, oh, my goodness. I, for all the grief we're giving Nebraska, fantastic move to land Sam Coonrod for a guy, Carson Ragsdale, who pitched very well in his first minor league start. And I saw people complaining on Twitter, oh, we gave up on another good guy. <laughs> Sam Coonrod's been awesome. So uh, he's helped them this year. I cannot fault the Phillies for that move, even if Ragsdale ends up being a fantastic player. Coonrod's under team control for like another four years, man. I mean, he's probably here for the long haul. Yeah, I mean, Coonrod will be a closer on most teams. He he might I, need to be the closer. At some point this, this year, time. I think he's going to be closing for the Phillies. I yeah, really he's, do. He's been he's been very he's, good. He's uh, their best best reliever at the moment, absolutely. And yeah. then again, Alvarado probably the second best reliever. Another guy that they got for uh, for pennies. Need to get his um, control one. Uh, you know, need need to get him to throw more strikes. Yeah, I love how hard he throws, but you know, sometimes he comes out and he just does not have it. The funny thing with Alvarado is like the mound visits with him always seem to work. And I yeah. literally think Cotham goes out there and tells Alvarado, dude, just throw it down the middle. They're not gonna touch it. Like yeah. you're throwing 102. They're not gonna make contact. And it, and it typically always works because he's throwing 102. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've been good. They need more from those guys, you know, just continue to produce. Yeah. Um, all right, Kevin, before we get into our weekly segment, Philly of the Week and uh, non-Philly of the Week, any other topics you wanted to touch on real quick? No. Uh, I'll be in the ballpark Tuesday. I'll be in the ballpark Friday for the Boston Red Sox, and I'll be there Sunday. So, look, I'm 3-0 and this year. Could be a good omen that I'm going to three games this week. Yeah, I'm all in on that. Um, I- I'm 0-1. I went to the uh, – yeah, I guess I said on the last pod, but I was at that Mats game, and they it was it was an ugly one. But um, all right, Philly of the week, Kevin. Who do you got for me? I got Mister Odubel Herrera, and I'm just going to run them across the bottom uh, with our who's hot. Philly of the week, Odubel Herrera, three seventy five, four forty four, five eighty three. It was a slash line. He homered. He had two RBIs. Single handedly 
rallied the Phillies to a huge, huge win against the Nationals the other night with a big ninth inning homer to tie the game. Came up today as the tie-in run uh, with two outs. Hit one off the top of the wall for a second. I thought he got it. Um, he's up to 250 on the year. That OPS is climbing and climbing and climbing. It's almost over 700, which I understand not really a good benchmark to have, but considering where he was and the production they were getting from center field to begin with, Udubel Herrera, baseball-wise, major bright spot for this ball club for the past two weeks. It's probably been arguably their, their most consistent and best offensive player in, the, in that time span. Well, I think the MLB average for OPS at the moment is like 710. So if he gets above that mark, he'd be an above average option out in center field, which seems yeah, and, impossible considering where this organization was at, you know, three weeks ago. And I don't want to say that he's going to continue to hit as much as he has, because we've seen what he does. He's very up and down. He'll probably go through a two week stretch where he can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. But right now you, you got to ride him while he's hot. Um, he's been great for them on the field. Uh, he brings emotion. And I firmly believe that the only reason he wasn't on the roster to start the year is because the Phillies tried to save face. They wanted to show that they gave everybody else a chance. And when in reality, what did, what did Moniak get? 20 at-bats. Um, Roman Quinn, I mean, we knew he stunk, but he didn't really get much run either. Uh, Adam Hazley stepped away, who's back now with the organization. We didn't really get into that. But he didn't really get much run. It didn't take long for them to turn to Odubel, and to me that just leads me to believe that all along that's what they wanted to do. They just wanted to save face and show, hey, we gave these guys a chance, when in reality, dude, 20 at-bats is nothing. 20 at-bats is nothing. A guy can go out and go two for 20, and then he can come out like Odubel's done and go nine for his next 20. Like It's just baseball, man. Yeah, I mean, and that circles back to the process discussion we were having before, where it was like, what, what was the point? And look, I love Mickey Moniak. His number yeah. two Mickey Moniak podcast. He was clamoring for him to be on the roster. I mean, hey. Yeah, he had he an was. awesome spring training. But he did, the whole, yeah, he did. The whole 20 at bat thing, up and down, up and down. Like, what's the point? Just let, let the kid play in AAA. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's yeah. ready for 2022. For um, sure. Um and I was even saying all along, and I'm sorry to our listeners, this is, this segment is running a bit long already, uh, but it, it didn't make any sense because Odubel on the bench, with how bad this bench is, he was a better option than Matt Joyce, who I think is hitting 100 and he's on the IL. I was never a big fan of him making the roster. I, I really wasn't. And Odubel has just been a bright spot in the past week, basically full circle, where we're trying to get back to Absolutely. Okay. Uh, my Philly of the week. And I could have gone a few different routes here. I could have gone. I'm curious. Yeah, we talked about it. I'm curious where we're going here. Could have gone Vince Velasquez. Um, but I'm going to go Bryce Harper. And okay. Mainly just for one reason. And it's just to not – we don't talk about him a lot on this podcast, I feel like. And I think it's partially just because, you know, we're talking about, you know, who was really bad this week, who outperformed expectations, game recap, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Bryce has been incredible this year. Um, I mean, you know, obviously he was kind of in and out the last two days because of injury, but he, Kevin, he's batting 307 on the year, which like, is crazy, which is crazy whole year. Like his over under was probably like 250 something to 60 something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he has completely revitalized his approach to baseball. I Most feel underrated like. player in, 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 at least in the national league. 
I mean, he gets to two strikes and he's just a contact machine, which is something he never did with Washington. They didn't particularly do with the Phillies until I would say probably, you know, the the 2020 season when he started off, he was hitting like 365 for a month straight. But yeah, you know, he, Kevin has it popped up on the screen here over his last seven days. He's hitting 389 uh, OPS, well over a thousand. Obviously, the, the RBI, the run production numbers aren't great. A lot of that has to do with guys still not really getting on base in yeah, front of them. For sure. um, he left a few on this past weekend, but for the most part, I just don't want to ever take for granted the fact that we have a guy in the three hole hitting over 300 with an OPS over a thousand, and he was on base five times out of five on Friday mm-hmm. night. Got yeah, I mean, three times, hit a double, hit a single. Like that's he's that's on base is five twenty two in the past week. He's been on base more than half of his abs. Yeah, so that's some pretty insane production. And I just thought after kind of an up and down, not so great week, you can always turn to Bryce and be like, ah, he's he's still giving you MVP production. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't really be surprised, but man, he he's been better than advertised. I think as a whole with the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, his his numbers with the Phillies have been better than they were with the Nats, even with his MVP season included, uh, which is which is pretty darn impressive. Uh, all right, Kevin, non-Philly of the week, who do you got for me? Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who I'm removing the nickname. I gave him Chase with the ace capitalized. That's gone. He might be the ace in AAA. Uh, it's got to be Chase Anderson because he was just – for, for as much as I stuck up for him the other day where he kept him in the ballgame and he got a win, he was so much worse today that even though he won a start this week, David, he's my non-Philly of the week or worst Philly of the week, however you want to phrase it. He stunk today, David. And to get me to completely flip like this, because you know this is someone who we mentioned, I was patient, patient, patient. His ERA is like six nine six on the year. Uh, you know, seven earned today. I think he gave up eight hits in an inning in the third. It's embarrassing, man. Um, I I don't even know what to say. He was just awful today, and it was from the onset. Back to back homers to start the game. The Bichette homer was an absolute missile. Uh, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words, man. I, I didn't expect him to be that bad. And I believe this is now two weeks in a row that Chase Anderson has been a, a member of the the worst slash non-Philly of the week. Because he was mine last week. Yeah. And we say it every time. We're like, ah, hopefully the roles are reversed. The trend seems out. to be where because I've had Odubel as a non-Philly of the week. Mm-hmm. We had Hoskins, and he flipped and was Philly of the yes. week. Chase <laughs> is breaking the trend, and it's it's not going over well. He's breaking the trend and he's he's breaking my soul in the process yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So my my non Philly of the week, uh, it's got to be Gene Segura. Yeah. Um, and this was a guy I criticized a lot during the off season. He came out. He started this year incredible, but the last seven days were not good ones. I uh, hit 161 during that span, an on base of 212, and defensively, Kevin, he was a disaster. A lot of kind of miscues, lack of focus, a lot of errors. Um, the big talking point from today's game was where he missed kind of a, just a little bloop out to second base. He just completely missed it. And it sounds like Joe, Joe Girardi gave him a hard time about him in the dugout. And then that pissed off Gene Segura. And then people had to calm him down. And then people were asking Joe about it in the press conference. Yeah, and he, was pissed Joe, off. he wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you, we've created this whole thing over you just, in my opinion, being kind of lackadaisical 
out of second base um, and just not being aggressive on a ball that should have been caught or fielded yeah. appropriately. And again, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Gene, you're getting paid $14.5 million, which puts you as one of the highest paid second basemen in baseball. Um, we, can't, we can't have this, especially in a, in a big weekend series where, if anything, they need you to step up as a leader you know, and not just be a guy on the field. And today, considering they rallied and they were right there in the end, they were right there. Um, just, just think of the couple extra runs that were just totally unnecessary, that bad fielding and misplays and even bad pitches. They were right there, David. The game was there for the taking, and it, they just ran out of outs. I firmly believe that. And a play like that from Segura, it hurt them today. Um, in terms of the him and Girardi spat, I love what Girardi did. Don't talk about it. Squash that shit in the locker room. Move on. We have a long way to go. Move on. Put it behind you. Don't let it become this big thing in the media. Squash it, and let's move on tomorrow. I, I couldn't agree more. And look, people have harped on Joe Girardi all season long to be more accountable with guys. All right, here it is. Right here it is. Yep. And he's going to harp on them, but then it's going to stay between them because we, we don't need to know about it. As right? it should. As yeah. it should. It, it's yep. not our business what Joe and Gene talk about because look, I'm sure Gene knows he messed up. Joe knows yeah. he messed up. He's probably embarrassed. Days. Yeah, he's probably embarrassed. I mean. Yeah on television right and but you're 100 right look off day tomorrow squash it move on huge huge series against the marlins up next uh you know playing back in the division again first time they've seen this team in miami yeah look look miami's been good this year um they're kind of building off some momentum from last season where where they're pitching they they've been good what are they two games behind us in the standings two games behind us that's right yeah, it's not a short two games. Uh, they've been good. Their pitching staff continues to be impressive. Um, We're running the here are the probables for the week, running across the bottom. David is firmly in belief that the Marlins have the advantage in two of the three starts. Don't necessarily agree. I'm still, I'm still taking F one over Trevor Rogers, but we'll see. We'll see how it works out. We will see. Trevor Rogers has been good, man. He's good. Yeah. He um, oh, he has. He has been good for sure. I'm. I'm not disputing that. I just believe in Zach Eflin. Hey, I vouched for him at the start of the show. I said it'll be all right. We'll see, no. though. Uh, yeah, big start. Um, all right. So yeah, off day tomorrow. Uh, we're we're then did attacking. You, did you see June? They have like seven off days in June. Yeah, and then like two in July. It's or something insane. Like that. And then July and August, they have like a stretch of twenty-seven games in a row. We talked about it last episode. Whoever made the schedule this year. It's unbelievable. It doesn't make any sense. What, they are 41 games in now, and what have they played? Seven different ball clubs? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, You're asking the wrong guy here. Uh, All right, Kevin, before we sign off, any final final takes? Nah, that's – man, the Brewers episode was so much fun. Can we just, like – Get a good week, Alan, so we can freaking have a good episode like, and be positive and be happy and be excited. It seems like I, I need to go back and look at our record because I saw Talking Yanks tweeted something how like they're like three and nine on days they record. Okay. I, I, we're going to have to go back because it seems every single time we hop on the mic, they're coming, coming off, off just a, a brutal loss. And we're <laughs> And I'm sitting here trying to be like, all right, let's bounce back this week. You know, because like I'm about to say, let's bounce back this week. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's go four and two this week. 
Yeah. I missed my quota last week, and they were in a great spot at three and one to at least get the four wins, and they couldn't. Let's get the four and two this week, please. Five and one. Yeah, you know, they're going to be the underdogs all week long, too. So, you know, it's going to be tough. I mean, definitely over the weekend, I would think. Like, I know, like, you're being facetious, but I think over the weekend. Yeah, well, they got Boston, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, like I said, I'm going to be there for two games. Mm-hmm. Got my sister coming up from North Carolina. We got tickets sitting right in right field. So I hope Harper's playing. I'm excited to see the Red Sox. I've never, I've never really seen them live. Um, but we got the Marlins and then we got the Bo Sox. Let's win both series, David, please. I hope so. Like, I hope. Like, you never know, man. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Um, all right. Yeah, with that said, uh, you know, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We appreciate all the support. Uh, you know, the the viewership numbers, the YouTube numbers, the social media interactions. They're all, they're all, yeah, yeah, they're all trending upwards. So we, we really do appreciate it. Uh, we're absolutely thrilled. Uh, again, look, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. All those links down below, uh, along Make with sure our, to hit our, our Twitters as well, which are yes. right here on the if, screen. If you're watching with us here on YouTube, you have our personal Twitter accounts, our podcast Twitter account, uh, and our Facebook page for the podcast. Both of those links will be down below as well. And then, uh, yeah, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, where we upload our video podcasts. With that said, we are the Bullpen Blues Podcast, and we will catch you on a couple of days. Go Phils! Thank you.